Hello, everyone. Welcome to Beyond Sunday at Bethlehem, a podcast created to go beyond the Sunday service experience at Bethlehem Church, exploring some of the deeper questions of our faith, offering additional content from behind the scenes from the cutting room floor. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Angela Buckland, and as always, I am beyond excited to host today's episode. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Sunday. We are super excited because today we have a really special treat for you. Kevin and I are here with the campus pastors, and Mm -hmm. we are here to talk about Easter, Easter weekend. We just celebrated an incredible Easter weekend, 12 services across three campuses and online, and we just want to talk about some of the highlights. So guys, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast today. Great Welcome. to be here. Thank you. Thank you. And it Thank was you. an incredible weekend, but the fact that we have three campus pastors in the same room at the same time means that the tomb is empty for sure. It is a miracle. <laughs> That's hard to do. These guys are it busy. A miracle indeed. So we are witnessing the resurrection power right here, right now. So thank you guys. Um, so we just want to go around. Uh, Drew, we have the uh, Pastor Drew here representing the 211 campus. And Pastor yes, Jeremy representing the OC campus, Boop-boop. and Pastor Kyle <laughs> representing the 316. I'm really surprised Jeremy didn't do a little best campus. Yeah, <laughs> I actually, I he was actually like that thinking there. you were going to throw that in there, like the Gosh, little asterisk of. I think you know by now. He's he's mature. I don't, I don't have to say it anymore. Do <laughs> Doesn't I? need to be said. The <laughs> sign that he used to wear on his Jer- chest: best campus ever. We Jeremy has really grown in the past two days. <laughs> That's fair. Two days. Yeah. Since the. Re- Totally Since we so. celebrated the resurrection, it's grown Easter a lot. Miracle. <laughs> totally grown, but it is, but it is the best campus. <laughs> okay, so okay, best campus. Uh, tell us, what do you think? <laughs> what stood out to you at Easter? Do you have any cool highlights, stories that you saw at your campus? Um, I think one of the. Uh, I think each year, I'm always grateful for. Pastor Jason, we always, obviously, we're always going to wind up at the gospel. That is the story, the resurrection. But the approach that he takes each year and call it deconstructing, call it pulling away um, excuses of why it's not, why it's not true. Um, He always has a unique approach to it each year to be able to pull that away a little bit more and a little bit more. And this year, as he just kind of established the historical presence of Jesus, mm-hmm. like the, mm-hmm. the non-arguable presence of Jesus. That's good. The non-arguable presence or reality that there was an empty tomb. And he puts that aside and, and uh, provides a moment for people to really like decide if those things are true, then now you have to decide if the supernatural piece is true or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And allow like the spirit to really work, and there's there was there was just kind of not a lot of excuses to be given. You have to decide mm-hmm. in that moment, which is really the Holy Spirit working in you as He draws you. Is this real for me, or is it not? I just I just loved that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in the it's world good. where there's it's so skeptical, um, taking an opportunity where there's so many people on Easter. You know, it's one of those one of those big church days. You know, across the country, taking an opportunity to um, to address all the skeptics. And I don't always know if it's fully the skeptics' fault sitting in the seat as it is the world just giving them so much information that's incorrect. Yeah. And then we have this opportunity to kind of right-size it mm-hmm. and put the information out there to, to, 
to submit the call and let the Holy Spirit do the work. And I just loved it. Man. Yeah, yeah really it was good. really good. And he, he did a great job of unpacking the apologetic side, the theology side mm-hmm. of it. And then the question he started with is, is Easter personal to you? Mm-hmm. And then he and he wrapped it around with those videos of those mm-hmm. stories, Ashley and Brian's stories. And man, that just, that made you, it caused you to, to go, okay, how's this going to be personal to me? It was a right. great, yeah. he did a great job. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, right. setting it up with the kind of the global historical context, the wider perspective, and then zeroing in and making it really personal. Yeah. That was powerful. It really, really, really was. cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, this is for everybody, all campuses, but, you know, there's unique things about each each campus, and I think we all land at the same spot ultimately, eternally, but like that decision. But there are different things that, uh, it, different angles you're um, that are predominant, I think, maybe from each campus and mm-hmm. ours in Oconee. I mean, I think that was a definitely necessary conversation to be able to have, Pastor Jason, to people listening. Hmm. So it was good. Oh, really that's good. cool. That's cool. You can, you can tell the impact of it, too, because even at 211, we talk about all the campuses. They have their own, so Bethlehem Church, but all of them are a little different in some mm-hmm. way, shape, or form. Like, you had the extreme at 211 with somebody who would say, kind of like Ashley's story, like, been a Christian all my life, and raised their hand, taking a step of salvation. It's leading to things coming up. But then you have the opposite extreme, and a buddy of mine uh, who's at our campus, and he's just navigating it for the first time, would say he has faith, but what does that mean? And to see all of the above come together is just so interesting the extremes of both. Mm-hmm. One of the ladies that came up front to pray about, this is what God's doing in her life. I mean, she's like, the only book I've ever heard of in the Bible is Esther. I don't I don't know anything else. Hmm. And I'm just like, it's just a good reminder to me that like, as much as we live in a location that we would say is very geographically close to the story of the gospel in a sense, it's still so distant to so many. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's a solid reminder yeah. every single time. But that, it spoke to me that one where I'm like, like, you really, you don't know. And I, that's refreshing mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah. They're like, you're starting this, figuring it out from scratch. Yeah. Yep. We assume, because we live in the Bible Belt, so-called 100%. Bible Belt, we assume that people know more or than they than they do. So that's good. Yeah, it's, it's good always a, Easter's always a great reminder. Uh, it just remind it reminds you of uh, your story and going back to when, you know, pe- people who's having a light bulb moment, you know, at any of our services— it takes you back to like, man, I remember that time when I was I was there. I was in the place that they were. Mm-hmm. And uh, just the kind of the light bulb moment for, for myself. Uh, but Easter's always a great reminder for that. And it's so cool to see all the many stories, people I got to talk to and pray with over the weekend, people who are making decisions. So cool. That's right. Anytime life changes happen. But for me, uh, the biggest highlight, uh, and, and it was kind of a, it wasn't just Easter, kind of the week leading up to Easter. Um, and a lot of our staff were involved with this too, but we met the the Cornish family. Yeah. So, yes. so the That's Cornish cool family. Story. Let me let, let me let me fill you in. This this is cool. So uh, Meredith and Mike Cornish, they have fourteen children. I'm going to say that again. That's they all, have huh? 14, fourteen children. Um, and nine of those children. So, so some are biological, some are adopted, and nine of those children's children. <laughs> 
Sorry. Children's. 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 When you Nine talk about those. 14, you That's can a lot of children. Children. say whatever you want at that point. There has to be a different word for it. Yeah. Yeah. The plural for children when you have 14 should be children. Children's. Absolutely. Um, but none of those have special needs. Mm. And so, I mean, such a cool family. And so our staff got to go the week before Easter uh, and just hang out with them at their house. But the reason is, is because we knew they were going to come. Like yeah. they, they were coming. We had the outdoor uh, services planned. And they've been watching online for a long time, For right? 18 months, they've yeah. been watching online, wow. unable wow. to attend. Yeah. And so we had the outdoor service and they, this was their opportunity. We're bringing the whole family. And so we marked off like, I think it was like 15 parking spots <laughs> because they brought this humongous bus. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it was a, it was a, bu- it was a mini bus. Um, and when they pulled in, just the excitement of the staff, like they're here, they're here. So we run over there and it literally takes them 25 minutes just to get off the bus Yeah, because there's so many of them. Yep. And then they've got wheelchairs they have to think, think about. Yeah. And then that many chairs packing it on this huge wagon. So just this anticipation of this family getting here and then How cool. walking them onto the field and us being so thankful that they're here and we're so honored that you would be here with us. And then they're so thankful. Thank you for doing this. You don't know what this means to mm. us. Thank you for offering online. So it was like a battle of the thankfulness uh, between <laughs> no, thank us you. and the family. <laughs> um, but it was su- such, a, su- cool. just yeah. such a cool moment uh, with that family and seeing those kids there getting to worship. Uh, and a lot of the staff came by and talked to them. But yeah, such an man, honor for them to come yeah. to Bethlehem. That, that I, was special. Yeah, sure. I remember reading her story and they, because of the need, the health needs of her kids, uh, they haven't been able to attend in a really long mm. time, and so that was really special to see them at Bethlehem on yeah. camp on the on the football field outside. So, wow. I th- I, th- I think a, 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 another unique piece to Easter was, at least from our our standpoint, I've watched the evolution of people t- uh, transitioning from you know whatever they thought they were going to be at Oconee to like full in serving mm-hmm. and to see all of these families with their, their kids too, mm-hmm. some of the, some of their middle schoolers and serving, I mean, and not just serving, like they were really, I mean, and it, truthfully, it's, it's very different from last year because mm-hmm. we've seen people just dig deeper, deeper in yeah. when it comes to small groups and all that stuff. But to see everybody jump in and over the, over the few weeks leading up to Easter, us asking people, hey, would you consider going to Saturday? Because Sunday's mm-hmm. always that, mm-hmm. you know, especially 930 is always that big, big service. And them answering that to, to be able to open up a seat and serve people that, that don't come to church. And to see the billion kids in our kids' ministry that just yeah. shocks me every single week at Oconee. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but to see that, that was actually for me, from my vantage point was a unique piece from last e- Easter to this Easter. Yeah. Um, That's, good. That's good. So it was really powerful. I mean, that just shows like the the love that uh, they have for our church and the love they have for Jesus and the love they were, mm-hmm. each person in there in growth is beginning to have for people around them. Yeah. And I, I'm telling you, it's just a powerful piece when you return what's been given like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So you, you're, you're, you've seen the growth. You've been able to yeah. witness the growth. So last... Uh, 2021 was Oconee's first Easter. Is that right? 2021 was, yeah, 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 because the year that shall not be named (laughs) stole our Easter (laughs) from us, right? Yes, it was all online. We had one, and and listen, like you look at the 2020 and 
everything's still shut down. There's all these mandates and everything, so you can't really go and do anything. And right. So last Easter was the first, because it was on the backside of spring break, mm. was the first time a lot of families were able to come and go. So it was complicated for a yeah. lot of families. And It was so, in person, but still really, but kind of limited still, It was right? limited. And I totally understood it, and we were incredibly thankful for what was there because we were fresh off that year. But this year, man, I mean, it was back with a holy vengeance. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was yeah. incredible, man. Yeah. And I love all these families, and I'm so grateful for them that they're, you know, the new families that are taking a chance on our church to the families that have gone, mm-hmm. you know, we're we're in it for the growth of our kids and our own personal growth and to see other people grow. And that's just what I felt this Easter. Yeah. Like, man, yeah. they're in it. Well, so. for sure. I mean, we would say that this was the... Most attended Easter that we've that Bethlehem has ever seen, correct? For sure, yeah. Correct. Across all three campuses and online. So, Drew, Kyle, you guys want to talk about uh, how how you saw that Easter this Easter was different from last year? You you want me to go? Yep. Let's do it. I think I would probably echo a little bit about what Jeremy said. I think more people are inviting people into their spiritual journey right now than I mm. saw before. Mm-hmm. So, like. One of the cool things at 211, I mean, countless people getting connected to things, serving groups, all that kind of stuff, community, things like that. But I just think people are being more open to inviting people into their process of faith, whatever stage they're in. I've been a Christian all my life, and but I don't walk it like a Christian all my life. It just looks like it. Or my marriage is struggling, and I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Or there are just things that are happening, and I have no idea. It just seems like people are being a little more open to allowing people to walk with them, which thou, that which will not be named, mm-hmm. probably pushed in on because we were so isolated in a sense doing that. That's good. So true. I saw that, like the amount of people who were like, I need Jesus in my life, but were like, I-, I need to get back to spiritual disciplines in my life or just whatever it was. That was not what I would say I saw as much before. Mm-hmm. That was a big shift on an Easter for people to make huge strides but let you in as a stranger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a really great observation. It's mm-hmm. like people are more willing to say, hey, I need help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think not just around Easter. I think we've seen that that's developing and Bingo. continuing to develop. There's more people asking for help, people that are struggling in their marriage saying, hey, it's, it's, it can be better. So I'm not going to just hide it and put a mask on and come to church every Sunday. I'm going to go find somebody, somebody to help me. And the same is true what you said with Bingo. spiritual disciplines, um, just with with uh, conversations about children and families that are struggling. Hey, let's don't live the rest of our lives just pretending everything's okay. Mm-hmm. It can be better. Mm-hmm. So let's do something. Yeah. Sure. We all know the solution is in Christ, um, but it's not just a matter of, hey, here's Jesus, good luck. Exactly. It, it, it <laughs> takes us walking together and growing together, but being vulnerable and open enough to ask for help. So yeah. I think that is different. That's a great observation. Yeah. Yeah, and I think on the flip side of that, um, Bethlehem Church has always had a, a spirit of inviting people. Mm. Uh, we've always been really good at that. But I think this year especially, like I talked to countless people who were, in, who were invited by someone, came for the first time, just got an invitation, whether it be something they handed out or a personal invite. And I think really we understood the power of, of the invitation this, yeah. this Easter. And I think, you know, there's, there's different ways to invite people. Like some invitations are way easier than others. But I think being a part of Bethlehem Church, you just you experience what the Holy Spirit's doing at Bethlehem Church, and that makes it really easy to invite somebody into that. Mm-hmm. So I think as much as people are, are looking for help, uh, I, I think there's a lot of people who are like, well, hey, come with me to Bethlehem Church. Like the Holy Spirit's doing a huge thing. 
Yeah. Uh, you, you need to experience this. So I think yeah. for our people well too, that, that was a big difference this year. I saw it was like just that people being out there and inviting people in. And it, it showed. I mean, yeah. we had, you know, the biggest Easter, biggest, biggest, the highest attendance, attendance Sunday that we've ever had. Yeah. Um, and that's due to multiple things. But a large part of it, too, I think, is our people being mm-hmm. obedient and getting out there and inviting and bringing people in because they've just, they've had an, just an awesome experience mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit doing a work in their life. Yeah, that's, I've seen that on two specific families are responsible. And there's there's more, but I just know I can name two specific families that are responsible for a total of probably 20 families at OC. Mm. Because one of one of the guys just told me, um, uh, he's telling me, he goes, I, I just can't help it. He goes, I'm so glad to be here. I'm standing in the grocery store. I see a buddy of mine and go, hey, man, where are you going on Sunday? And it's not a, he goes, before Bethlehem, uh, I, I would have never have done that. Mm. But he has seen to the testament of Bethlehem Church, not as just our name brand, like not our brand, but the people inside of it and the life change that's happening inside of it has inspired these people to such a degree. It's yeah. almost this reaction in mm. them yeah. that they've got this in them. Yeah. It's welling up and it's burning inside of them. They see somebody and go, I'd love to see that guy sitting next to me Yeah, on it's like you contagious. Know? It is. Yeah. So that's really cool, Kyle. You made that point about <clears throat> how uh, the power of the invite. You talked about the power of the, of the invite. And so we saw about... Over, we saw way over 8,000 people in attendance in an in-person service mm-hmm. at one of our campuses over, over this past Easter weekend. And that power of the invite is so important because just like we talked about earlier, the kind of the global historical context that Jason set, set up for us and then made it really personal, that's how you get, I mean, you talk about a number like that, that's incredible, but it is with people and they're that, that contagious excitement that they have for the gospel and how they're seeing it change their lives, and they want to share that with other people. And I think what people realize, too, when, when they take part in that and they're out there inviting people, I think you find, I've, I found this, and I think people see this, too, but people are waiting for an invite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They're, they're, you know, I think we, we work ourselves up to like, oh, they're going you know, to think this about me, and we get so worked up, but people are just waiting for an invitation. That's, yeah, I talked to a lady on the phone who was invited by someone, don't know if it was a staff member, don't know if it was a volunteer, but at Publix doing her grocery shopping. Yeah. So, and she came yeah. and, and accepted Christ. Wow. So, I mean, and to that's, be, that's And to be cool. clear, like like you said, but there's invite, there's mailers we send down, whatever, but it's yeah. the personal invite. That's right. It's the most powerful invite there yeah. is. Like mm-hmm. to put that, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. But to put that word in it, to go, so you know what we're talking about is when I ask you, to come with me somewhere, that's way different than right. mm-hmm. reading mail, you know. I think the video that we had, the I Know the Tomb is Empty Because video, really hit home on that. And those were people from our church, from Bethlehem, mm-hmm. that were talking about their own personal stories about why they know that the resurrection is is true. I Know the Tomb is Empty Because, and they talked about personal stories. So... Talk about these videos that we had. We had that video and then Ashley and Brian's personal story. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about those videos and how they impacted you personally and maybe how you, you've you seen them impact others. I would say, I, and I loved Ashley's and Brian's because you have polar opposite stories getting back to the same place, which is a relationship with Jesus. And, I mean, I grew up in a church. I mean, I, I would say that I'd understand Ashley's story the most because mm-hmm. that was probably part of my story 
And the countless amount of people that would probably echo, like, like what I thought was chasing after Jesus. Uh, Pastor Jason said it one time, and it's stuck with me ever since, but it sticks with a lot of people, is it's more like bumping into Jesus mm-hmm. than I have a relationship with him. That's good. And it's such a good example, the story of Ashley is like, you know, I'm around him, I'm near him. So, but uh, like I thought of that when I was like teenager, college, young adult, like that'd probably be a great way to describe my relationship with Jesus until something happened. Mm-hmm. And so like, it's just an interesting thing that I relate to. A buddy of mine texts me, uh, who's at the 211 campus, and he just said, he said, hey, not only did that video inspire me, but to see someone like Ryan McCain, who's our worship pastor yeah. at 211, kind of like out of humility, humble himself, say, hey, I-, I might not be where I need to be in the sense of taking that next step of obedience. That not only inspired Ashley, but that also keeps inspiring people down the line. So you just think about it. Uh, Kevin, who's part of this conversation right now, says, Whose next step of obedience? Well, you want to finish it? Yeah. Whose next step of faith hinges on your next step of obedience? Yep. Whose next step of faith hinges on... Say it again. Whose next step of faith hinges on your next step of obedience? Thank you. If I had it in front of me, it would have been easier reading it. (laughs) I'm going to get it tattooed on your arm. 100%. (laughs) But that's that's it. You just think about it. Each one triggered. Yeah. So, I mean, I just... I loved that That story because it's personal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think even the simplicity of the one, the video that I know the tomb is empty because... Yeah. I mean, just hearing some of those responses, yeah, good grief, yeah. I mean that that impacted me for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, I I put myself in their shoes. Like, what would I say? And I'm thinking to myself, well, how much time do we have? Because I mean, <laughs> just countless. But I think what it boils down to for me is it it all boils down to peace and joy. Mm. And like, no matter what circumstance, the fact that I have peace and joy through anything. Uh, it, it to me that I know the tomb is empty because of that. So it doesn't matter, you know. And we we've all had we all have stories. Yeah. We all have circumstances that we go through that are heavy, and some that are joyful. But through it all, I, I have been able to experience joy and peace uh, that only comes from knowing Christ. Yeah. And but but I mean, just to hear their stories. And man, how about the last guy? They closed out that video. Man, OC, what's I thought his I came name, out man? of my shoes, man. That's old Mark Swan, man. man. He can preach. We he can go. Yeah. So, so yeah. we do a, uh, we do a, uh, what do you call it? Like a sermon debrief. Yeah. Uh, so, so Jason always uh, gets a room full of staff on Thursdays and goes through his sermon. Mm-hmm. And so, and by goes through, he. Leaves it up for us to chop yeah. it up if he we like. Yeah. People yeah. to Which, critique yeah. it. People yes. should know that's like a massive <laughs> so humility beautiful. for someone to spend hours on something and let us. Yeah. just Kevin just beats him up when he does. <laughs> it's always the best message I've ever heard. <laughs> I've, talked to, I've talked to other people at like uh, other churches, and they're like, uh, "I don't know any other pastor that does that." Yeah, I mean, it's, he's it's really open. To I mean, because he wants incredible. it to be what God wants it to be. Right. Yeah. It's a, it is mm-hmm. a very humble, very unique thing. It's a very vulnerable moment. For him, so we we were running through it for Easter, and uh, so we started. All right, so hey, before I get started on the sermon, let's show this video. He showed the video, and I got up and I was like, "Hey, that's a great message." Yep, close like, it. Let's, yeah. let's, let's just say we're it done. Again. We're done. <laughs> um, but no, it it was very powerful. It's powerful. You know, because uh, I get to be a part of a lot of the behind the scenes stuff when it comes to the videos. I'll give you some some behind the yeah. scenes. So it, when you look at that video, it's like 30-something people in that video. Yeah. Well, if you actually go back and count how many voices actually spoke, it wasn't 30-something because the video can only be so long. Right. right? Obviously, we're 
you know, we could we could go all day, but there everyone in there, you know, we probably heard twelve or whatever, but everyone in there had something to say. Yeah, and every one of them was incredibly powerful, and I, th- it's just a representation of me going. We could take a mic and a video camera on a Sunday morning and walk through that auditorium mm. at three sixteen, and how many people would have something like that to say. I mean, it just That's shows the common ground yeah. of where we sit. And further, like even on, which I always think, he's like the king of stuff like this, but Joel has everybody, remember on the football field, yeah, just to show everybody, you might have walked in here thinking everybody's got it together, but right. let me show you how many people needed Jesus to change their life to get to where they are. Yeah. And as everybody raised their hands, and there's what? More than a thousand people on that right. football field, yeah. mm-hmm. and a whole bunch of them are raising their hands. They went up everywhere. Yeah, and uh, I just those things just to me as much as anything represent the how someone walks through that door and they uh, any door any one of our campus campuses and they are just broken. We always say the uh, over and over again the one last chance or the you know coming from a broken church or a broken home or a broken past or whatever it is and you walk in there you you need to be here because you're on more common ground than anywhere I could I could. I could tell you, you know, mm-hmm. I could point you to. And mm. so, that's good. you know, I, yeah. I think it's great. And here's what I would encourage if you're listening to this, here's what I would encourage you to do. I think there's a great practical exercise that you may have or may have not done yet. Um, and you can do it over the dinner table with your family, or you could do it just by yourself and your time with God and answer that question. Or, or fill, uh, it's not a question, but fill in that statement. Finish the sentence. Yeah, finish, fill in the blank. Yeah. I know the tomb is empty because. And take some time as a family, take some time as an individual, and, and take some time with God and, and pray about it and talk about it. And, and just because it'll get you excited about what God's done and how faithful He is and how full of grace He is and, and that He is actively working. Um, and not only the people in the video, but in our lives. Sometimes we don't take the time to even see it, um, yeah. but He's working. Yeah. yeah. Mm. How would you guys finish that sentence? Get personal for a minute. I'll, I'll, I'll start. I know the tomb is empty because I shouldn't even be here. I got saved when I was 19, and up until that point, I was just a complete heathen. Um, still kind of am, but, you know, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I shouldn't even be here. I, the fact that my husband and I have been married for 23 years, we have four kids, um, been walking with Jesus since I was 19 years old, and just the fact that, that I mean, looking at family history and all of that kind of stuff, it's like I shouldn't, I shouldn't be here, you know, so just really cool. I look at that every day. I'm really mm-hmm. thankful. You should be here. We're glad you're here. <laughs> Who's going to host the podcast if you're not here? <laughs> you guys could do it. I know the tomb is empty because Angel is hosting a podcast. <laughs> no. That's not what I meant. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, I know the tomb is empty because I'm still married. <laughs> <laughs> right? Hey, That's uh, so don't true, take it for granted, right? Yeah. No, sir. So Listen, true. it's funny, but I mean it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I look back on my life and I am where I am. I think because a lot of, mostly because through other people's relationship with the Lord, like they had this unbelievable amount of grace to show to me. And I'm, yeah. I'm here yeah. because of that, because yeah. people gave me opportunity. And, you know, from anything from geographical to, um, how hard I don't or do work or, you know, how, you know, where my heart is at the time, you know, all of those reasons. I just look at about a thousand different reasons why the same reason. I mean, we probably all fall in that same phrase. Right. I shouldn't be here, but. Like we get to do this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can, I can name you 
10, 10 guys quickly yeah. that deserve to be in this spot more than me. But yeah. it's just the grace of God, you know. Yes. So I know the tomb is empty yeah. because I've been I've been given a whole lot. Yeah. You know? Hundred percent. It's good. What you got? I feel like I kinda answered that already. <laughs> did you? <laughs> you did in the maybe, beginning. Maybe nobody was listening. To <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but no, no. We I mean, I mean, j- just like you said. I mean, there's countless, there's countless reasons why, and it's so hard. I mean, yes, I could, I could talk you through a handful of things that that you know I've experienced or our family has experienced. But at the end of the day, like, I just think about the people who go through things. And I think to myself, how do they do that without Christ in their life? Mm-hmm. I mean, there is just no hope. Yep. There's no hope. And I feel like for, for me and my family, like just having that hope and that peace. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you just, I really don't see how people get through some, some of the things right. without, mm. without the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, for, for very, sure. Very broad, but no, true, I, truthful answer. I said that to someone this morning. I don't know how, you, I mean, I, I, like I said, I have four teenagers, and I don't know how I would raise them <laughs> without Jesus. I would be I would, I would, would be out of my mind for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. I think I'd answer it. Uh, maybe like, uh, like grace has no expiration date. I know the tomb is empty because grace has no expiration. I say I know the tomb is empty because the prodigal son has a home. Like, I think of stuff like that, like, personal in a sense, where it's like, I remember running. I remember trying to go away. And, like, he just, he was always present, even though I wanted to push back. And even when I finally was like, okay, maybe maybe a relationship with you is what I want to chase after, there's still that piece of me that still wants to push back. Mm-hmm. And he just, he was big enough to handle it. And so, I like, I think of the prodigal son story as a good example. I think of just, like, grace in the sense of, like, so much of what you said, Jeremy, is like, like, how do I get to do this? Like, I'm a hot mess at best days. If people knew. I know, right? Like, but you know what I mean? Like, it's like, what an honor, what a privilege. And you just you look back and you think, like, I remember when I didn't have Jesus and how messy I was. Mm. And I'm not less messy. I'm just, the difference is I understand God's grace and I have a relationship with Jesus. And I'm so thankful that that happened. So, like, probably I know the tomb is empty because I know grace has no expiration. Mm. Man, I think of the three that. stories of... Bethlehem, 211, and Oconee, and the paths they were on and the tracks they were mm. on. I mean, Bethlehem may be a, a bit different than the, the two campuses, but I think of that. I mean, the life so change, true. everything mm. that's happened inside of these campuses goes back to a moment where God knew it, but we didn't. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And uh, people desperate to see people saved and baptized in their church and the seemed like the more they wanted, the less it was happening. And I mean, I don't know, maybe a hopeless sense in a way until an opportunity came. So you look at that and go, I know the tomb is empty because in a house where gospel ministry was intended, what, for 2.11, hundreds of years ago, it seemed like it had an expiration date. It didn't. It didn't. And same thing for Oconee. You had a bunch of people who desperately wanted to see way more, and they weren't sure if it ever happened. So, But it did. Yeah. What I hear you guys saying and what we what was really communicated in the message and, and Jason's message was this message of hope. And e- that's what Easter communicates because they're, because the tomb is empty, we have hope that no matter how dark our situations are, our circumstances or family history or any of that, we have hope. And that's what people need that's right. more that's than anything. Mm-hmm. So speaking of hope, 
speaking of looking to the future and, and being able to be hopeful, what are the campuses? What what fruit are you looking forward to seeing or what 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 do you look forward to in the future at your campuses, maybe as a result of Easter? Or, uh, you know, just, just talk about that. I think one of the things Jeremy and I were literally texting about this after it was what happened on Easter, a lot of stuff was happening going into that. But if you were to say like a mile marker for a lot of people in their faith, yeah. we'll be navigating a lot of that over the next weeks, months, years, in live time, seeing people take massive steps in a direction towards God in different ways. And I think the culmination of what happened at Easter, we're just going to see that multiply in people's lives. So like numerically, whatever, that's that, that amazing, awesome. We love seeing God do things through a lot of people. But it's the stories that will attach that will be like, hey, do you remember when you thought your marriage was done? And now look at six months later, y'all are y'all are in it and you're ready. And now a year later, like you guys are being restored. Now you're mentoring other people who mm. are in a rough place. Like I think those are the things that we're gonna see in live time that we get to play a part of. That's cool. That's really good. I, I noticed my my experience on Sunday morning after going through all the other Easter services. And it was at the eleven fifteen service, the last one that we did. Um, I spent time with a guy who is twenty three months clean mm. um, from from drug abuse and and. We talked for quite a bit, quite quite a while. He told me his story, and to think where he's come from to where he's at today, and on Easter, and where he's going to be in the next year wow. is just incredible. And I talked to another uh, lady who I've known a long time, who lost her husband in the last year, and her her son has been hurt by religious people over mm. the years, and she sat in a corner and cried for a while at eleven fifteen because he she was sure he what she invited him, but she was sure he wasn't going to come. And we went back out in the lobby, and he came around the corner. Oh, wow. And just that idea that, that God is, yep. you know, if I, when I go back to that question of I know the tomb is empty because I've been Christian longer than I haven't been a Christian now, and and God's Holy Spirit still is convicting and guiding and leading, and not only me, but he's doing it in people hmm. around us. So I think yeah. you're dead on. I think we're going to see stories come out of this for a long time. Yeah. So Exciting stuff. That's the cool discipleship fruit that we get to be a part of and walk through and see, and and uh, the the spiritual disciplines that we get to walk through with people, um, and and encourage them. And there was faith. a there was a, a a girl comes up and, and to to that point, Easter was actually a realization of months of for one particular young girl. She comes up and through Ashley's story, was kind of the final straw to push her to go. Hey, mm. I know. I got the head knowledge of church, but I don't have the heart, like relationship with Jesus, and mm. it became personal for her. But the funny piece about that is, um, if any of you know Lauren, obviously we we in this room do. But Lauren is she works she's on the student ministry staff, and yeah. she serves at Oconee on Sundays, and she is like really the the catalyst and reason our middle school stuff on Sunday morning, which was a necessity that we created there, uh, became awesome. But she. I tell them this story, and she goes, I've been working on that, girl. You know, we've been having a conversation. I say working. This girl's very sweet. Right. And yes. her family is awesome. Yeah. And uh, But she's been, this has been a, something that's been going on for a while, and Lauren's been having this conversation. So Lauren's like, we've been having these. And then she yeah. walks up to you, and all willy-nilly. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> but, we, but even as I say that, you feel yeah. going, without what right. the Lord was doing in Lauren and yeah. pushing her in those conversations Planting and that seeds. lead in. Yeah, I, I I was I was standing in front. Yeah. That's why That's you know, cool. but her mom and Lauren and, and Nathan and people pouring into this, uh, just a testament of what we're going to see 
call it six months, yep. yeah. call it a year, yeah. call it two years, whatever. Uh, that's a testament of yeah. what's going to going to happen. So, hundred percent. I love that. Yeah, and I think what excites me too. Obviously, the ones who, um, you know, uh, maybe on Easter trusted Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins for the first time, giving their life to Christ, coming to, coming to that realization. Uh, but two, I think like I think of just a couple stories um, of people who came to Easter. You know, didn't make any huge decisions, but they started thinking a different way. Yeah, that's right. Of like, mm-hmm. now wait a minute, mm-hmm. like that maybe maybe shift. there is something to yeah. this. Um, and even me personally, um, I had a family member come. Uh, he's my cousin, and he made a remark to me because he like he comes to church, but he's. He's just kind of sitting there, and he wouldn't even mind me saying it because yeah. uh, he's just that kind of a guy. But even like a comment he made to me of something he took from the sermon, and I was like, "Whoa, wait a second! You you just took something from the sermon?" Uh, but then Shevis, who we all know yeah. sings, she told a story of one of her family members yeah. who just had a kind of a light bulb moment. That was awesome as well. So they're not there yet, right? But I look forward to the day when they are there, yeah, and right. we yeah. and we can look back to Easter and go, "Hey." This is where it all started that's for, right. for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's hope. I that's mean, fun. that's the hope we talk about. Exactly. Right there. We have hope. Yeah, Easter but, and Easter is the beginning for, for a lot of people. It's the beginning of their story. So that's really cool. So mm-hmm. maybe in a six months or so, we can come back and talk about some more of these stories that we've seen develop over time. And when we talk about that, let's talk about how Kyle's bumped that mic about thirty-five times. Yeah, he did. You guys hear <laughs> he's a animated. Thump. He's talking with his Look, hands. There's just, there's just. What do what I do I, with my what hands? What do I do with my hands? There's, there's everybody else's cord is all nice and tucked away. Mine's just like laying all over my lap. So anytime I move, you obviously can't see, but these mics are sitting on arms, and this thing almost Kyle's side is just swinging back and forth. We'll back have and to forth. get on to our producer Dexter over there. <laughs> Dexter, Dustin, whatever his name is. While we're we're all having a laugh, though, Angela, would you tell us what you were going to title this podcast? The podcast, and I'm going to put it in the title just so y'all can make fun of me. It's called the Campus Pastor, well, post-Easter Campus Pastor Roundup. Yeehaw! Yeehaw! How about that? (laughs) Bring out my shootums. Come on. Oh. I know. I think of Woody and Toy Story. Yep. Roundup, which is, you know, getting us all in the room. Yes. And I do want to say, for the record... I had we had you guys on the podcast. It was over a year ago that we had the three of you in the same room, and that's just how hard it was to get them all three back together. Felt in like the same it just room. felt like yesterday. Oh, well. what, what, one three weeks ago. Let's let's huh. be clear. It's always Jeremy's fault that we can't. Well, point. I wasn't gonna name names, guys. Truth hurts. <laughs> Well, this has been an absolute blast. Thank you guys so much for being here today and sharing the stories and talking about such cool things that we get to look forward to uh, seeing God do in the future. So thanks so much. And Oconee's awesome. (laughs) Yes, it is. 211. (laughs) I don't even have to say Y'all are all awesome. (laughs) Everybody's awesome here. (laughs) All right. We love you guys. And thanks so much for listening. And we will see you next time.